I mean, I believe that that veteran workers are the solution to the talent gap, solution to the workforce of tomorrow. You're listening to the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast with professional speaker, coach, and consultant, Nicole Greer. Welcome, everybody, to the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. My name is Nicole Greer, and they call me the Vibrant Coach. And I am here with an amazing guest on our podcast today. You're not going to want to miss today and anything we've done in the past and anything we're going to do in the future. So would you please click the subscribe button to make sure this stuff gets in your inbox, please. Take this stuff out of your own hands and let technology take over. So let me tell you who I've got on the show today. I have got a woman who has done amazing things with her career. Listen to this. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Gallowitz was heavily influenced by military service, growing up as a Navy brat and serving nearly 30 years as an Air Force officer. Can you get your head wrapped around that, please? And she is the author of a book, Beyond Thank You for Your Service. And so many of you are thinking, I'm a veteran. My dad was a veteran. My brother, my uncle, my sister, my mother, my my cousin. Okay. She loves her veterans. And so she has written this book, Beyond Thank You for Your Service. It is the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians. And you read this book, right? Right. Especially if you're in HR. Hello, all my HR friends. You need this book. All right. So. Uh, you can get it on her website. She's going to tell us how to find it. So just hang on. All right. So she has her master's degree in nursing and political science. Uh, she is also an award-winning businesswoman and the veteran hiring advisor for the Arizona Society of Human Resource Management, or as they say, the SHRM. Okay. And Kathy coaches employers on how to excel with hiring and retaining veteran talent. So hold on. Do you have a lot of people you need to hire? Don't miss that. This is the connection you need. A highly sought after talent pool, the veterans, uh, less than 3% of veterans are unemployed while more than 30% are underemployed. So let's, let's go there first when we get done here, Kathy. Kathy's Veteran Talent Academy equips employers to find full and fully employ and retain veterans. Kathy also equips volunteer faith community leaders to build military ministries, to cultivate mutual support, a sense of belonging and spiritual resiliency. She's a God girl for service members, veterans and their families. All right, please welcome to the show, Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Gallowitz. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, Nicole, you are kick. Your vibrancy is shaking me in my boots, baby. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, so I got to go back to this thing. Okay, so for those of you listening, all you leaders, this is very good language you need to learn. You may have never heard this. Let me repeat it. So veterans, uh, a highly sought after talent pool, less than 3% of veterans are unemployed while more than 30% are underemployed. Will you dice that, slice that out for us so we see what the heck you're talking about? So it's pretty exciting. According to the Department of Labor in 2022, there was a nine month consecutive period where veteran unemployment was below 3%. I think Mm. it, I think it went up to 3.2% in December, uh, but it is at historic lows. So that is, that is wonderful. And that is a strong tribute to nonprofits, private firms, Department of Defense uh, programs. But I want to give the biggest shout out to our civilian veteran champions 
our employers who understand the business case for hiring veterans because research does show that we strengthen the workforce in, in many ways because of, of what we learned through military service and how we apply those skills. If everybody can figure that out, uh, how, we, how we strengthen the workforce in that way. So unemployment's uh, very exciting, but underemployment remains relentless. One study even suggests that underemployment could be as high as 43%. I don't think there's really a lot of research in this space, but it's somewhere between 30% and 43%. So you want to know why I think that is? I do. I want to know because I figured. she knows she, she is a veteran herself. So she's got the lowdown. Yeah. Tell us what the deal is. I think it's uh, it stems from, you know, kind of three primary reasons. Um, first, the veteran comes out of, if you will, active duty service in most cases, uh, poorly prepared for the civilian job search process. Um, for instance, uh, I met a I met a, a guy at like at Luke Air Force Base who was getting ready to transition in the next six months. And his comment to me was, I've been in the military 23 years. That's all I know. Right. OK. And right. so we know we know a lot of good stuff, but we're very unfamiliar with the civilian workforce. He said, yeah, I went to interview with a large company and they were asking me what I wanted to do. And I said to them, well, where do you need me? Now that's the military approach. We work where and when we're asked to work at the, you know, based on the needs of the military. So it's a whole different mindset. Okay. So the veteran comes out poorly prepared, not really knowing, you know, really what they want to do in civilian life, you know, understanding, you know, in some cases, veterans haven't had civilian job interviews or any job interview because our, our advancement process is very different. Sometimes there's board interviews, but more often than not, there's a whole separate branch that kind of moves you through your career as long as you meet certain criteria. So the veteran, you know, has to take responsibility for that. They need to figure out how to you know, speak military terms when they do their resume. That's their job, right? However, we appreciate the sensitivity of HR professionals and other hiring managers to, you know, give that resume a second look and understand that if you hire for aptitude and train, you're going to get a lot of ROI on that investment, okay? So, the veteran first and foremost. The second thing is the lack of training that human resource professionals have. I saw a statistic from the national SHRM that said that over half of HR professionals really feel like they need some support with recruitment and retention tools. Um, and frankly, they don't know how to speak the language, right? Um, there's a, 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 and so I think that's really the third reason, and that's uh, the differences between military and civilian culture. Uh, some call it the military-civilian divide, and we just—it's just different mindsets, different communication styles. You know, sometimes there's bias and stigma, you know, and and misconceptions and myths wrapped up in all that. But um, if, if we could just learn how to, we being the civilian workforce, learn how to leverage the culture and all the skill sets, wow, would our, our teams be stronger and, 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 and our, our, our companies more productive? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I have a personal example of this. So I um, do recruiting in my business 
as many of my listeners know, and I was recruiting for a company out in Colorado Springs. And there's a ton of mm. people in Colorado Springs that were yep. in the military who are trying to figure out their civilian path. And I did notice that when I looked at the resumes, I was like, I don't even know what this means on here. You know, I don't know this lingo, yep. this language. Yep. And yep. so, um, you know, I, I, I'm looking for folks to work in a. How long ago was that, Nicole? How recent? Oh, very recent, like October, November. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I did with one of my recruiters, um, is that I'm like, okay, I, here's what we're going to do is we're going to call these people. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank what does you. this mean? What does thank this mean? You. I mean oh, wonderful. What, what you that's did. what, that's what veteran champions do. Oh Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And so anyway, I mean, I learned so much. And that's the other thing. You know, we're quick to judge. We're quick to decide. We're quick to categorize, you know, slow down. Let's figure out what was going on. So uh, interviewed a bunch of veterans for that position. It was in a a very high end manufacturing facility. Nice. And good job for a veteran. Good. I mean, you know, we 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 can trans our skills are highly trans transferable. Now, this gives me the opportunity to mention military skills translators. Have you ever looked or know what that is, Nicole? No, please teach me. Oh, wonderful. I will offer you this as a a, a link in the show notes, if that's okay for you to provide. But the one I really like is is a military skills translator that I like the best is called ONET. O asterisk N-E-T, the military crosswalk search. And what's great about it is you can take the military occupational codes of any service, pluck in the number and the letter, let's say, and the branch of service, and then up pops all these jobs that that occupational code is well suited for. For instance, in the army, there's something called 11 Bravo. That's an infantry man. If you know what an infantry person does, they're the ones that do the real heavy lifting in the military. They're trained to go into the battlefield and do the hard work, you know, and potentially kill people, right? That's their job, right? So you think, okay, well, what the heck is 11 Bravo infantrymen going to do in civilian life? Well, you know what? There's 20 jobs that pop up, and at the top of the list is a training and development manager. And you think, wow, how does that fit? Well, I tell you, uh, there is so much training that we go through and so many proficiencies that these people in the infantry have to have. And I'm not sure I can explain it much better than that, but it lists the knowledge, skills, abilities, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, that are commensurate with someone who's been through, you know, basic training, advanced training, who knows how to lead a squad or a platoon of people, who um, knows how to maintain inventory, you know, follows policy procedure. I mean, the the list of skills and attributes are hidden, but they're immense. And so these military skills translator, ONET being one in particular, uh, really help the HR person figure it out. So that that resume that you got, you're kind of lost if you had, you know, plugged in some of that stuff, or maybe even looked at it with the candidate and said, "Okay, I'm looking at this." And and because you know what, the veterans oftentimes don't even know about the military skills translators. I mean, it would help them get a a, a clearer path on where they want to go. And so I, I'm an evangelist to make sure everybody understands that it's a great tool. And it also helps you prepare for the interview. Okay. It says here that you've got these knowledge, skills, and abilities. 
tell me about how, you know, why and how using behavioral kinds of questions in particular, right? Not why, that's not a good question, but, you know, it will help frame your approach to your interview because you're more knowledgeable. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I want to let you know is I've been asked to speak at quite a few SHRMs uh, and about recruiting because it's such a hot topic. You know, like everybody's like, I can't find anybody. And don't miss this, everybody. Um, while Kathy is saying that uh, unemployment uh, is at all-time lows for veterans, there's this huge amount of people that would like a better job, right? <laughs> right? They're underemployed. Right. So we've got to go find these people and we've got to know this. All right. So don't miss her little tool, everybody. Oh, asterisk. Well, that is not that is not my tool, to be clear. It's a, a, a national either Department of Labor. I forget the the uh, the owner of that, but certainly not something I've created. Okay, right. Yeah, but yeah. Her, her resource is yeah. OSTRIXNET. Okay, so get out there and check that out. That is fantastic. Okay, all right. So one thing I do on my podcast is I ask everybody about their definition of leadership. I think mm. it, it's such a huge concept. Well, I'm, I want to hear what you have to say about that. And then I want to talk about the difference between military and civilian culture. But give me your little thoughts on uh, leadership. What What's your definition of leadership? I'm going to borrow John Maxwell's. I'm a, I'm a John Maxwell speaker, trainer, coach, and he says leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And and I think I'll throw in there my definition is, and that is to help people reach their potential and make the world a better place. Oh, I like your addition. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because you know that influence. I mean, if you if you've ever watched, okay, so everybody go watch a John Maxwell video on the YouTube. It'll change your life. But anyway, uh, so John Maxwell, he's talking about influence, but like you can positively influence and you can negatively influence, yeah. or you can influence so positively you change the world, like Kathy Gallowitz. All right, that's what you need to be doing. Okay, all right, I love your definition. All right, everybody, write that down. Influence to change the world. So here's a question I've got for you. So you know, you've got a candidate, you've got somebody, yourself, you were in the military culture, and now they're going to come out and get in uh, civilian culture. What's what are the big differences? How do we help our veterans come to work in a healthy, great way, in a vibrant way? You know, I think the the prevailing. Uh, sort of narrative is that, you know, military people act like drill sergeants. You know, that's what you see in the movies, right? Yelling and screaming and being stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of over the top. Well, there is an important place for that, of course. When, I mean, when you take an 18 or 19 year old, undisciplined, maybe unruly youngster who's, you know, just doesn't know who they are, or what they want, and you need to make them a warrior by golly, you need to make sure they're disciplined, responsive, and boy, they can take that hill, okay? And so that is really a stereotype, uh, but but it hints to things like communication style. You know, veterans tend to be pretty direct. My, my husband, a career active Army guy, is known for saying, if someone's long-winded, he'll say, man, they're eating up good Army oxygen, right? <laughs> and so, you know, there's a time and place to be direct. And sometimes military people can lean more on an, an authoritative approach to leadership than an influential. Now, that doesn't mean that all we can do is bark orders, because that's not true. No matter where you are, what organization you're in, leadership and relationships work best when they're founded on trust and humility of the leader. Okay. And yes, military leaders can and are humble. 
Okay. So it's, it's communication style. That's very different. I think, you know, our expectations of ourselves, I mean, more often than not, we are expected to meet expectations without fail, if not exceed them. So when we're around people who don't have that same mindset, it's really frustrating. Okay. We're also very much team players. We we wouldn't have the strongest military in the world if we weren't team players, if we weren't disciplined, if we weren't real clear about what our roles are to help the mission succeed, right? And so it's not about me, it's about we. And in our country, there's a lot of rugged individualism, if you will. And the other key part of, of our culture is that uh, tribe is really important to us. You know, Sebastian Junger has written a great book. And if you know anything about him or don't know, please go look at some of his videos. And he does a great job of explaining how, and let me explain it this way. So if you're used to working around people who dress like you do, who have their resume on their uniform, right? Who have the same physical fitness standards, maybe have the same boss, who knows, maybe live in the same kind of quarters or eat in the same place, certainly have the same value set. Okay. There's a, there's great bonds, great camaraderie, great support, right? And then if you go to combat, wow, those bonds magnify and are like glue. Okay. Well, how and where can you reproduce those kind of bonds in civilian life? And no disrespect, you know, maybe in a sorority or a fraternity, right? I mean, I mean there's no comparison, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but, you know, in today's day and age, when we live in a very fragmented, polarized society where, you know, most neighbors don't really know each other, Okay, it's very lonely for for military people because we are we're people, people, you know, by and large. And we're we're used to committing ourselves to bigger something bigger and better than ourselves and and not making it about me. I mean, that Adam, but that story about that airman who said, okay, large company, you know, where do you need me to work? You know, I'll do whatever you need me to do. That's the kind of attitude that we're used to being around and that uh, we're uncomfortable if we don't see that in others. So, you know, following policies and procedures uh, is very important to our culture, to the military culture, to be successful, knowing how to advance clarity and structure. I mean, again, it, it, it's, it's not burdensome. It makes us successful. Okay, when you when you know what the rules of engagement are, when you know what the roadmap is, when you know how to be successful, you know, more and more people can be successful and, and things are, are very blurry and very gray more often than not in the civilian workforce. I think that's a pretty decent overview. I think that's fantastic. So um, don't miss her suggestion, everybody. It was Sebastian Unger. J-U-N-G-E-R. Yeah. Okay. All right. a, civ a civilian who was a reporter over in combat and nice. yeah, and just really captured the essence of tribe well. Okay. And um, again, so while you're looking up your John Maxwell video to watch, you know, like turn off the Netflix for a hot second. Yeah. And, uh, watch John and then watch Sebastian. Um, they both are authors. Did I get that? I know John's an author for sure. Oh, for sure. absolutely. Okay. 
Yeah, he's written a boatload of books. hundred you know? books, I think. Yeah, yeah, a bazillion. Yes, you got to get just buy one to start and then get a collection going. Okay, and so I love what you said. So um, bring these veterans into your organization. They have a real sense of tribe. They're all about building trust and uh, the humility of the leader uh, following process and procedure. Now, I just want to pause there for a minute. Kathy, because I don't know how many leaders I talk to when I go out consulting, coaching, doing my gig, like you do your gig. And these leaders are like, you know, why don't people do what I say? You know, this and that and the other thing about accountability is an issue, commitment's an issue. Yeah. Um, so some of the things you really want to see in your organization sounds like a veteran positioned correctly not underemployed might just Thank be you. a little secret sauce. Why Why wouldn't a company proactively prioritize veteran hiring and uh, and rebuild America one veteran at a time? I mean, I believe that, that veteran workers are the solution to the talent gap, solution to the workforce of tomorrow. I mean, you know, we're not we're not the answers to everything, certainly. And, you know, you know, one veteran, you know, one veteran. We're not all alike. OK, but we have learned to be adaptable. We have learned to, you know, function in, uh, if you will, discontinuous dynamic environments, crisis environments. We, we have to have some understanding of technology and we're big picture focused. I mean, these value sets are you know, really kind of driven into us over and over and over again, because we're working for the American taxpayer and we have a mindset of a zero fail mission. Isn't that the kind of kind of people you want on your team? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, there's that old thing, you know, my, I told you at the beginning that my uh, I don't know if I said this on the actual podcast, but uh, I'll say it again. I might be repeating myself, people, but uh, my brother was in the 82nd Airborne. My ah. dad, my dad was also in the military. And, um, you know, these these two fellas they got a serious work ethic. You know, there's a, there's a big joke. We were at Christmas at my brother's brother's house one year. And so we're all like, you know, how you do when you're all young and you're 20 and you got your first kids and whatever, we're all dogpiled in their house on blow up mattresses at Christmas. It's great fun. Nice. And, uh, my dad is, you know, laying on the floor on one of the air mattresses and, and uh, my, my brother's going around checking the doorknobs and, you know, making sure. And uh, my dad, is laying in bed and he says, as soon as the colonel gets done securing the compound, we can all go to bed, you know? And uh and we've yeah. told we've retold that for 20 years. That's good. That's so, true. But my point is, I mean, my brother will always secure the camp compound. That's what he's trying to do. And good don't you him. want a guy who will secure your compound at your company? Aww, I mean, that's wonderful. Yeah. And Nicole, you said earlier before we started recording that, you know, it's like, darn, why didn't I get a chance or why didn't my folks you know, encourage me to do this because it is Absolutely. such a wonderful opportunity for men and women. And, you know, it's just uh, uh, an important thing for all of us to consider doing. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the other thing, too, um, just, you know, the the idea of being in the military, uh, you know, my brother, he got in in college and he, he stayed in for a very long time and then retired. And now he has a whole new career working for Verizon. There you um, go. You know, and he's still, you know, he was a young man when he started that. And yeah. and so it's really cool. And I have a niece. Let me just give a plug out for Christopher, if you're listening. Uh, I have a niece named Amanda, and she's married to Christopher. And what a fantastic guy. This guy Aww. is in the um, 
uh, National Guard, yeah. uh, but then he serves as a police officer. And he's a good police officer, people. There are good police officers. Right on. I promise. Good for um, you. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Christopher. Yeah. Oh, I love Christopher. Keep up so the much. good work. Yeah. I mean, and we call uh, people who are in the guard like citizen, citizen soldiers, citizen warriors. You know, they yeah. have a, a military career and a civilian career. And um, I, I did that for most of my career as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the best thing about him is he's a great husband and a great daddy. So uh, I love that uh, kid so much. Uh, All right. So um, then the other thing, let, let, let's kind of, let's do this. You know, there's a big thing out there. Um, I know I have a lot of um, Society for Human Resource Manager folks lifts listening. I'm, those are my people, you HR people out there. I love you. And so does Kathy. Um, <laughs> we, both, we both are like, you guys are the thing sticking these companies together. Yeah. Um, so there's a big movement out there for uh, DEI, diversity, mm. equity, and inclusion. And so one of the diversity things you can think about is this idea of hiring a veteran. But the thing that you kind of ran into in your career was um, you told me uh, you worked with 85% men your entire life. Okay. Now, I, I think fellows are great. I'm married to one. I love them. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about uh, so funny. <laughs> being, being with the guys all the time. What was that like? And what, what do you have well, to share? For the uh, so so I was in the Air Force my whole career. I spent 29 years, six active, quite a few years in the reserve, but the lion's share in the guard, in the Ohio Air National Guard. And so my first career was nursing. And then my second career was public affairs. And so who was I surrounded by? Physicians and pilots, you know, mostly men, right? And if you know anything about their persona, they, let's put it politely, oftentimes have larger than life personalities, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, growing up as a military kid, my dad was active duty Navy that, you know, early on, I had to learn how to be comfortable, if you will, as you know, an outsider, the new kid on the block. Okay. And to, to kind of find my way, find my voice and learn how to speak up and lean in because I was kind of on my own, you know, before the age of 35, I'd lived in at least 20 different communities in six different countries. Right. So I was never really, I, I frankly, my whole life, I've never really been surrounded by a let's just say a group of sorority sisters. I was never in a sorority. I've just kind of done my own thing, right? And so, uh, with that perspective, framework, experience, you know, it's it's kind of lonely. I think that's probably the hardest thing because, uh, you know, I had a female pilot friend of mine say, "Well, you know, when the boys go out to lunch, the boys go out to lunch. They're not looking around to try to invite the women necessarily." Um, you know, sometimes it was a little tricky. Because if you go out to lunch with just one guy, you know, you don't want the guy to get the wrong idea. And, you know, more often than that, that was you could work through that. But it was safest not to even go there. Right. And fellas, you need to follow the Billy Graham rule. You know, you it, it, and, and let me tell you what it is real quick. So if you want to take Kathy to lunch, take another person. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, have a witness that it was all about the business or yeah. it's all about how's your family? This is how my family is. I care for you. I'm buying you lunch. That's all that's about. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. He, so he, he stayed out of trouble, never going to lunch with a um, person of the opposite sex without a third person on the part. Well, of the and, there, and there's other simple 
practices like, you know, don't close your door if it's one guy and one gal in the room. And, um, and you know, I, I would say that, you know, my experience was generally very positive. It taught me to, um, you know, just do my job. And it taught me not to see gender, really. It taught me to, you know, speak up when I felt, you know, maybe disrespected a little bit or, you know, I, I don't think it was necessarily intentional, but, you know, sometimes men's styles are a little bit more aggressive than female styles. And, you know, you, you, you learn how to have thick skin and to, um, you know, kind of set boundaries as needed. And so, you know, generally it was a very positive experience, but, but it was kind of lonely too with, and, the, and the additional piece of the rank, you know, I was an officer my whole career. And we are we are taught, quote unquote, not to fraternize with enlisted people. Now that culture in the guard and the reserve is very different from uh, from being on active duty. But uh, you know, I grew up in an active duty family, spent six years on active duty, and some of these rules of engagements or military customs and courtesies were very well ingrained in my mind about you know what's the what's the the best behavior that will facilitate the 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 norms and goals of the organization and what values should i adhere to and so you know i did my level best to live by our core values and do the right thing and so so for women you know it's it can just be kind of lonely frankly yeah 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 but um the thing that's screaming in my mind and the thing that i talk about when when I talk about building a vibrant culture is you, you're what you're really doing is you're not building this culture thing. What you're building is like one human at a time when you have all great humans and they come together, they do great work. And nice. so it, it's, it's really building the humans. And, and that's really what our military does. You know, they go to basic training. This is how we roll. This is how you need to behave. These are the rules of engagement, whatever. Um, I've not been there, but that's what we do. And then like you have, what happens we were just talking about christopher we have 20 christophers that's a beautiful culture now they're not all brainwashed they've got opinions ideas different styles right, nice got yeah. all this you know yep, yep. but at the heart of it which is you what you a question we talked about was what makes veterans great workers what i'm going to i want you to answer you kind of have but like what's screaming in my mind is like these are men and women of amazing character oh Thank you. Well, yeah. yes. And, you know, and character is the foundation. Character and integrity are the foundation of leadership, right? 100%. Yes, ma'am. And military members are also great workers because it's not about us. And they have a servant leadership approach. We mm. are taught early on to develop our subordinates, to develop the people by, beyond, by, behind us or below us, right? Why? Well, because we used to say you can get hit by a bus tomorrow and not be here. But the truth is, if you go to combat and we lose you, somebody mm. has to step in immediately and and take up the charge, right? So we have a, a we have a bench where we try hard to have a bench of people that are ready to go and um, and you know that's part of our legacy. And so we're about team players. We're about developing others. Of course, we. Uh, know how to meet expectations, if not exceed them. We we are, integrity is 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 first and foremost in our mind. Show up on time. Uh, I, I mentioned tech savvy. We know how to deal with uh, crisis. We're adaptable and flexible. So I think that's a a good a good uh, a good description of some of our major things. And um and and we also have soft skills, right? Uh, you know, again, that drill sergeant image 
does not speak to soft skills, but how are you a good team player? You're a good team player when you know how to connect with other people and you build trust, right? So that comes with soft skills, even though you may have a rough outer core, right? And, and this is the other thing I think is important to mention is that we're used to receiving feedback, okay? So if that rough outer core needs to be softened a little bit or polished, get in, get into it, have a conversation. That veteran will respond well because they want to succeed. They want to, you know, be a team player and they want to do what's right. So don't be intimidated by not having that con and, and, and not have that conversation because you'll both lose if you don't potentially. That's right. That's right. So I know what you all are thinking. Okay, Nicole. Okay, Kathy. Okay, okay, okay. We're going to get some veterans working in here. Excellent. We've done our job. Now, here's the thing. If you're like, well, how do I do that? So Kathy is the author of a book called Beyond Thank You for Your Service. So I don't know if you meet veterans or you see young men in airports in their camouflage or whatever, and you say, thank you for your service. That's fantastic. But Kathy's saying, let's take it to a whole new level in this book. So Kathy, will this book guide us towards understanding everything we're talking about today? Um, how will our, how will this book help us? Is that what we need to do? And where do we buy it? It's available on Amazon and it's frankly a good overview for anyone in society, be you an employer, a doctor, a lawyer, uh, a leader of a community, a clergy member, or an educator, there are practical tips for everybody from all different standpoints in life to help you know how to go beyond thank you for your service. One of the chapters focuses in on employers. And we talk about you know where to find veteran talent, how to interview veteran talent, and then some retention tactics that work. The, the One of the most powerful retention tactics, let's say you're a pretty, well, any size company. If, if you are engaged and involved outside your company in supporting veteran community causes, number one, it's a retention tactic for your current veteran staff. But number two, it's building your brand out in the community. So, I mean, that might be surprising to people, but for larger companies, consider aligning your corporate citizenship, your DE&I, in, 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 in the veteran space, of course, having some sort of veteran employee resource group and or committee, if you're not a larger company, have some way to organize your veteran employees so that they build camaraderie. They offer peer support, peer mentorship, and you can get involved in being part of your recruiting team, either going to recruiting events with you or helping you interview, helping you look at those resumes and or being outside your company and connecting with other military people because, you know, who, who's going to have a stronger connection immediately? You know, veteran to veteran. We speak in the same language and, uh, you know, we, we're, we're, we're typically straight shooters about what we think is what we think is important. So um, if you have any other questions about, uh, you know, how, how to make your workforce more productive, by hiring and leveraging their skill sets. I hope you will consider joining my Veteran Talent Academy. I offer a couple courses a year. And if you would join my uh, Facebook or LinkedIn groups, I would appreciate it to Vanguard Veteran. That way you'll be aware of what's coming up next. Mm, that's fantastic. Oh, but it's the top of the hour. We got to bring this thing to a close. So I want one, one, somebody out there's going one nugget. Kathy, give us one more nugget before we go. Give me our last nugget 
I invite you to join the veteran champion movement and mm. be a part of the win. The best thing you can do is to be on the lookout for veterans in your community who are transitioning home. Not only does the person who's been in uniform, but also their family welcomes and appreciates connections to local communities because they feel disconnected. Often I heard one, one person say that when they were transitioning out of military service, it felt like they were in a foreign country with the foreign land, a foreign language, and a foreign culture. Isn't that tragic that those who protect and defend our freedom, who offer so much, feel oftentimes very lost when they come back to civilian life? Open up your little black book, give them contacts, include them in your, in your community, in your groups, and get to know them as individuals and help them out and go beyond saying thank you for your service. Ask what you can do and do it. Follow through, act on their needs and support them. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, everybody. That's been another episode of Build a Vibrant Culture. I am Nicole Greer. I have had the delight and pleasure of being with retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Gallowitz, who is the author of Write This Down, Beyond, thank you for your service. You can find it on Amazon. And one more time, Kathy, tell us your website address. Everybody go over there, click around, see how you can help. VanguardVeteran.com. My email is Kathy with a K at VanguardVeteran.com. If there's anything I can do for you, please reach out. I'd love to be a speaker and or uh, help you become that employer veteran champion. Nicole, this has been delightful. I appreciate you and you truly are ma'am. Very vibrant. Oh, well, I appreciate it. All right, everybody, please like and subscribe and we will see you next time on the Build a Vibrant Culture podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Ready to build your vibrant culture? Bring Nicole Greer to speak to your leadership team, conference, or organization to help them with her strategies, systems, and smarts to increase clarity, accountability, energy, and results. Your organization will get lit from within. Email Nicole at NicoleGreer.com. And be sure to check out Nicole's TEDx talk at NicoleGreer.com.